You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. The Holy Ghost merely whispered in the Virgin Mary's ear and she begat the Son of God. If the devil's going to use a human wound for his spawn, he's going to want a little more bang for his buck. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Are You Afraid Apocalypse, the unofficial American Horror Story Apocalypse podcast, a PapiChuloRadio.com original series, PapiChulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Thursday, September 27th, 2018, and I'm your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the latest episode of the FX series, American Horror Story Apocalypse. Please welcome my co-hosts, Deadly. Hey, hey, hey. Armand Ellis. Hey, everybody. And Madison Fitzpatrick. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. All right, everyone. Let's get into it. Let's jump into our recap of Season 8, Episode 3, which was titled Forbidden Fruit and aired September 26th, 2018. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. Ms. Venable and Ms. Mead enact a sinister plan on Halloween while a figure from the past resurfaces. I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode, Forbidden Fruit. Let's start off with Armand. You know, it was um, exciting, um, to say the least. Some things happened sooner than I anticipated. Um, And I'm surprised, shocked, and really excited to see what's going to happen next week. I like it. Maddie Fitz, what about you? I thought it was really good. I thought the beginning, I felt, was a little rushed. Um, But the overall episode was very, very exciting. Um, Obviously, shockers and cliffhangers. So, you know, clearly an American Horror Story episode. I like it. Deadly, what about you? You know what? You know what? Chicken butt? What? 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 I was a little confused. <gasps> I, yeah, I was confused. I don't. I just think the timeline was off, and I kept on trying to like figure out the timeline. There was some stuff that I just didn't seem possible, or I don't know what the word is, but it just yeah, yeah. I had a little problems with this one. I did like the 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 ending, which I'm we'll get to, but uh, so I I'm excited to see where it's gonna go, but this. This one was kind of one of those in-between episodes, I think, that was just kind of getting us to where we need to go, and it was probably my least favorite of the three. 
Oh no! Are you the Maddie Fitz of this podcast? <laughs> I could be. <laughs> but Dudley, you know what? You're still like a rainbow. <laughs> Calm down. Calm down. Yes, that was the song at the end. Oh, that's right. That was a cute Colors everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. So, uh, I liked it. I did. Sue me. What can I say? I thought it was a pretty good episode. A surprising episode. Because I didn't see any of this shit happening. Like, what, like 80% of the cast is dead? And uh, we got a surprise at the very end. We also had a surprise return a little bit earlier of someone that I did not expect to see. And we had a whole bunch of twists and turns and surprises. And uh, Deadly's Girl was mentioned, although not necessarily really mentioned. And uh, it, it gave me everything that I could have wanted from an American Horror Story episode, especially one very early on in the season. Like, I would have thought something like this would have happened maybe mid way through the series, just because it, I feel like it was such a game-changer. But, uh, yeah, so I really liked it. I was here for it. Deadly, who knows, maybe maybe we will convince you as uh, we venture through this uh, recap. Could be, could be. Armand might be able to do it. Oh, maybe Armand. Oh, <laughs> I see you have picked your favorite. <laughs> well, there you go. So before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of American Horror Story Apocalypse, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. Poppychularadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash Poppy Chulo Radio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. All right, everyone, let's get into it, and let's start off with the opening sequence. 
or I should say the, the opening scene before the title card, we get a whole lot of information in the various conversations that Langdon has with uh, potential sanctuary inhabitants. So uh, Timothy thanks uh, Michael for allowing uh, him and Emily to uh, live, you know, after the little coitus, not interruptus, but post-coitus catching, I guess. And Gallant is very confused about, you know, why he's been saved. You know, he killed his grandmother, but... uh, Langdon is, is trying to convince him that no, she died in her sleep. And then we see him like questioning Mallory about darkness and and, and uh, if she's got any dark uh, thoughts and whatnot. And, you know, has she ever thought about killing Coco? And uh, Coco... Uh, Come on, who hasn't? Well, there you go. Yes. <laughs> and and uh, when he's talking to Coco, he, he basically is like, no, there's no way that you could have any dark thoughts you're too um superficial for that basically and then there's a very interesting conversation with our girl dinah where michael recognizes her and uh, he's like you're not going to do anything to mess up what i've got going on and she's like no i'm not powerful enough to cause you any problems i just want my spot in the sanctuary and uh, I think this is the first time that we ever get confirmation that Andre is her son, and he basically yeah. uh, resents her and, and and everything that she's built, and uh, and we learn from Michael that he's not necessarily looking for people of like uh, pure of heart, pure of soul, that uh, he's looking for people that maybe are, are survivalists that are willing to do anything to survive. And then, as Mallory starts to get creeped out by him, uh, and she starts to profess, you know, that she doesn't feel like there's any darkness in her, but sometimes she does feel like there's someone inside her that's clawing their way out. She starts to freak out, and, and she gets ready to leave. Michael grabs her by the arm, and she ends up pushing him away. He starts to lunge at her, and this uh, his demonic face appears, uh, or is exposed uh, because of it, and she ends up igniting the flame of the the um, fireplace, like ignites the flame big time behind him, and then he asks her, "Who are you?" And then she repeats the same thing to him. So, let's talk about all of this. Because we got a lot of information in a quick sort of like cut opening sequence. Uh, Maddie, since you were talking already, what did you think of this opening? What do you think it means? Uh, In particular, because I feel like we got some interesting information about Dinah and of course of, of Mallory. What do you think all of this means? First off, I hated this opening. Like I said, I felt like it was so rushed that I was like what did I just experience? Like, so much information, so much... It was so fast that I was really, like, jarred. I know um, you so like I editing, did. though, but wasn't the editing really good? I like that. It was, but it was just, like... Like, the first part of it, like, the whole conversation was cool, but then when Mallory came in, I felt like that was rushed. Um, But that was just me. 
but the whole editing with um you know uh evan and kyle like that whole conversation was pretty cool and that was edited really well um uh our what's her face the witch mallory Uh, no dinah yes so you feel she's witchy I do. I do. Um, well, obviously, the ending uh, kind of gives well, away. Well, because there's a whole episode. theory about the ending, so that's why I kind of don't want to touch yeah. on the ending just I don't yet. Know. Like, I feel like that's what I got at first of it. No, uh, I mean, you know what? Uh, you are. Uh, barking up my tree because immediately with that conversation i was like okay so she's a witch she might not be a powerful witch but she's got to be a witch Mm -hmm. she has to just because like like oh i know you like you're not going to cause any trouble for me are you and she's like no i don't have the power anymore i guess you know yeah so yeah with that whole conversation um obviously surprised me about her son because there like was no affection no nothing throughout the other like couple episodes that we've watched so that kind of was like oh okay um and the fact that he hates her uh why like how could you hate her she's awesome (laughs) um but then this whole Mallory thing I didn't really like it um she kind of reminded me of, um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie with Drew Barrymore when she was young. It's called Firestarter, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I kind of got that vibe from it. Um, because initially in the movie, I guess they were doing experiments on kids and stuff like that or whatever. And it went wrong and she has powers and she can manipulate fire and, and stuff like that. And I just, I was getting that vibe from Mallory. Um, but seeing, um, Michael's face and everything, that was interesting too. I just didn't like the scene because I felt like it went too fast. Um, but that was just in my opinion, so. All right. I'm going to open up the floor to the, to the rest of you. What did you all think of the opening sequence? Well, I liked the, I mean, it was really kind of fast, the whole questioning, but I, I actually liked the editing. I thought that was kind of cool. And then once Mallory spoke to uh, Langdon, and and then woof, his face. Um, yeah. Actually, oh wait, can you do that again? It was like I was watching the episode all over again. Oof, oof. <laughs> yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. So the oof was my favorite part. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> do you think she's a witch? What did you think at that moment, at that point in the episode? Did you think Dinah was a witch? Oh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. No, no doubt about it. Okay, Armand, what about you? You thought she was a witch at that moment in time? I, I, I was a bit confused because I felt like Michael, he made a comment about he got rid of all the witches or he thought he handled them all. And so I felt like if she was a... They seemed like they had some kind of camaraderie. And I'm wondering, like, how is that possible if, like, it's going to be the witches against, you know, the devil, I guess. Um, so I'm not sure if I, well, I guess we know that she's a witch because what happened at the end of the episode. Well, and do we know? Moment, and I was, 
Well, we're gonna open that can of worms what, a little bit later. You're right, you're right, you're right. When I when I watched that particular scene, I, I didn't get which at that particular point. Okay. Answer. Okay. Yeah. We can accept it. We could take it. Yeah. Okay. So Alright, let's continue on. So, as Armand was actually just mentioning, we have this really interesting moment where uh, uh, Langdon is is trying to commune with Satan, daddy to him, and uh, he's doing some sort of like blood sacrifice type of thing, and he's saying, you know, I thought I destroyed them all, that that it appears one survived, and he's begging his father for wisdom. And he draws a pentagram with his blood, and uh, then the blood starts gurgling, and these snakes sort of uh, appear through the blood, and, and we even see him go the whole um, black eyes type of thing, and, and demonic voices and all that kind of stuff. And after that, we have a flashback, we see Ms. Mead talking, or we hear Ms. Mead. She's talking to Ms. Venable, and she starts talking about her most cherished memories. And they all have to do with Halloween, for some reason. Halloween 1962, she's trick-or-treating as Rosie the Robot from the Jetsons. In Halloween 1968, she sees a horror movie for the very first time, Rosemary's Baby, and uh, this guy gropes her, she smacks him, and then we see her on Halloween night in 1988, where she's a Mossad agent, and she's uh, killing the enemy, and, and that kind of thing. And now she wonders, you know, did I have a family? Where are these memories from? I know that I have a memory of a, of a boy, with a beautiful boy with the blonde hair, and that she cares about, and, and she cries when she thinks of him, and she's like, is this real? Are these just programmed responses? And uh, Venable asks Mead about Michael and any memories of him with the cooperative. And uh, and she's like, I don't remember him. And uh, Venable doesn't trust him. And uh, she confesses that she is not going to be one of the ones to go to the sanctuary and uh, Mead is shocked because she's the backbone of the outpost. And uh, Mead says that, you know, why don't we get rid of all the other recipients or potential uh, sanctuary people and we can take Michael's computer and we can head to the sanctuary ourselves. And uh, Venable is like, I like your idea. And uh, Mead says that she's programmed to be loyal. And that she'll always be loyal to Venable. So, Deadly. Maybe this is where you got a little confused. So that's why I want you to give me your thoughts on... What did you think of this whole Ms. Mead backstory? And uh, what did you think of their conversation, their plan to get rid of everybody? Okay. I love the, the backstory. You mean when... Um, with her husband and everything? No. I was... Wait, who, who the husband... The Miss the the Rosie, <laughs> no Rosie no. Robot wasn't that her husband that she killed? No, <laughs> that was the enemy. That was a spy or something. Oh, it was a spy. Why her did I? Spy oh, why did I feel like it was a husband? See, I'm already confused. That's why. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I was already picturing it was, he was like a ter- he was a terrorist. Or something. She was a oh, why did I think it was the husband? I was like, oh my gosh, she killed the husband. 
Uh, and wasn't it Rosie the robot? Didn't you call it? She was Rosie Bobby? the robot. Yeah, when she was a child. <laughs> yeah, which is really funny because uh, after episode two, I had a friend who sent me like a little meme of uh, Rosie the robot. They're like, and he's like, "Do you think this is what's going on?" I was, and then the next episode this this week's, and there there it is. She's dressed as Rosie. The oh, robot. that's funny. That hilarious. Yeah. So I mean, he totally called it, and. Uh, you know, I like the the little backstory. So at least we got a little more on her. And whoever was playing her as the younger version, I thought did a great job. Actually, looked like her. I could totally see her. I'm glad they didn't try to just put her in a whole bunch of makeup to try to look that young. But but uh, yeah, I bought into it. Now, th- this is where I get more confused with the whole plot. And are we going to delve into the plot right now with the apples? Or are you going to wait on that? We're going to talk about the apples in just a moment. Okay, so I'm going to wait on that because that's where it got me more confused. But but as far as the backstory, I thought it was it was done really well, and uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Okay. But maybe someone can enlighten me a little more because that's where I started getting confused. If I thought it was the husband, <laughs> that's too much. So we are taken into the wastelands, and uh, we see a survivor killing um, a um, just a, a woman in pain. <laughs> that's dying from all the radiation. He steals her cigarettes and there he's, he's got a partner there. That's like uh, roasting a human leg over a fire. And we see Brock stumble upon them, obviously searching for Coco and asking them if they've heard of this outpost for the rich and famous and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're like, no, you know, if we would have heard of this, we would have looted it ourselves and uh, I guess one of their uh, people uh, approaches Brock from behind, but Brock shoots him and ends up shooting the other two campers as well. And then Brock sees a horse-drawn carriage pass him by, and obviously it gives him an idea. So at the outpost, the perimeter alarm sounds, and... uh, Mead, and uh, it turns out we found out her name. Her name is The Fist, or at least that's the name that they've given her. Uh, our girl from Freak Show. They <laughs> approach the carriage, and when no one emerges, they find that it is vacant, and inside there's a trunk. We also see that Brock is clinging to the undercarriage, and so they bring the trunk Inside, it's cleared of radiation, and once they open it, they find apples. And uh, the fist, uh, she was a um, a food blogger pre the war, so she's like, you know, apples they have a long shelf life, you know, with all the preservatives and whatnot that they put into it. Venable bites into one, even though Mead is like, hey, be careful. And, and she says it's delicious, as if it was freshly, you know, picked from a tree. And so they get rid of the fist to go outside to execute the horses. And Venable and Mead basically decide to use these apples to get rid of everybody else. You know, if they all eat the apples at the same time and the apples are poisoned and, and Mead is like, you know, I know where we have some poison that we can use. Uh, this could be the perfect way to kill everybody. You know, this is a gift for for all the people from the sanctuary, and of course, everyone is so hungry that they're gonna just bite into it without even thinking. Outside, 
we see the fist uh, starting to uh, get rid of the horses, but Brock stabs her, and she even gurgles and all this kind of stuff. So let's pause right here. And uh, Armand, what did you think of the return of Brock? Were you surprised to see him again? And uh, what did you think of the apples? I um honestly I didn't like the return of Brock. Um, it he doesn't strike me as the type of person or character who could survive an apocalypse, and so it just kind shade. of seemed um little shade, little shade. Uh, it just seemed um I don't know a little bit more fantastical than I would have liked. Um, when I think of it logically, of how long it's been, and he still had weapons, and like how do you even get to the outpost? Like how do you know how to find it? It just all seems just like so convenient. Um, so yeah, as far as the apples are concerned, I re- I noticed um, the connection between uh, Mead going trick-or-treating and the woman giving her an apple instead of like good candy for her first time going trick-or-treating by herself and then we have apples again um at the outpost and um i think it was their idea was very genius once we get to the idea uh to 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 deal with the rest of the 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 house guests um was, was pretty genius Okay, that's interesting. I didn't really put two and two together, but now that you mentioned it, that is very true. Deadly, did that help? It did help a little bit, but that that wasn't my my big beef. I think my beef was a little bit with with Brock. I think it was just a little bit. I didn't buy it either. I'm right with Armand on that. I'm like, I just didn't feel like, especially from the first episode. I'm like, this guy wouldn't even make it. Yeah. I'm not. I thought it was a little amusing. I loved the makeup and stuff on him, though. And he's so out there. I mean, he's just way out there, over the top. <clears throat> just a little bit too much. He's very creepy. <laughs> but, but that whole thing, too, like, I just, <clears throat> I don't know, him coming up under the carriage. And then this is, I guess we'll talk about it, but I feel like there was a big time lapse. Like, so after he killed our freak show, you know, he, uh, freak show uh, food blogger, you know, he he walks inside and I don't know like the time lapse from the, the, the plan of the apples and the actual party because I thought it was going to be like two days later. Oh yeah, that is true. And so I'm like, where was this guy for two days? And like, why was nobody talking about where freak show food blogger was? Okay, that is interesting. That is interesting. We haven't gotten to them announcing the party, but it okay. is true yeah. that I I feel like she said we're going to have a party this weekend, right? Yeah, exactly. That's what she said. And so I was like, wow, okay. So, you know, that's where the whole little time thing kind of threw me. That is true. Now that I'm thinking and, about it. Okay, Dudley, you are now, making and, sense. See? See, I wasn't all discombobulated. And as far no. as the apples... The apples, was that a Red Delicious apple? Red um, Delicious, yes. That's what uh, our food blogger said. Yeah, and I'm not down for those. So I don't think I would be all up into biting it like Venerable. Now, if it was a green Granny Smith, maybe. Uh, okay. Like <laughs> Picky bitch. <laughs> I like it. All right. Uh, before we move on, uh, Maddie, anything else to add? Um, no, I just think that Brock was really, really ugly, and, uh, (laughs) 
the whole like cannibal thing. Would you have eaten the leg? No. Like, I don't know. And it just seems, I felt like they should have done a better job with the outside world. I feel like it looks like from watching like The Walking Dead, it does, it looks so fake. (laughs) Like, it looks so fake. This apocalypse. Oh, because um, Maddie's been in a nuclear apocalypse before. Exactly. So I would know. She's a survivor. Yeah. So it just it just looked it just looked so fake. So I don't know. But yeah, I didn't really like Brock just because he looks really ugly. So yeah, sorry, not sorry. Yes. <laughs> Alright, well continuing on we see Mallory sort of um uh perplexed by what had happened. And uh, she gets interrupted in her perplexity and uh, is called to an emergency meeting from Venable. And Venable basically is like, you know what, I've been too strict. You know, we, we have suffered losses, we have survived. It is time for a celebration. So it's Halloween, so let's do a Victorian masquerade type of ball. Everyone dresses up, everyone will have fun, and we will all celebrate together. And so we see Gallant preparing Coco. And Mallory is sort of like trying to pick out her own costume. And then Coco feels like she's figured things out. She's like, you know, maybe this ball, since we haven't really celebrated anything, maybe this ball is where they're going to announce those that are going to go to the sanctuary. And... Uh, Gallon is like, well, you know, maybe people already know if they're going to go. And, and that's when Mallory sort of interrupts and is like, did something weird happen to you too? And she explains that she made, like, fire erupt, basically. And she feels like she controlled it with her mind. And, and Coco's like, are you sure you didn't knock over a candle or something? And so Coco's like, you know, if you're going to do it, I mean, if, if you have this power, then do it. Show it, you know, do it again. And uh, obviously she she can't. And so Coco sends her away to Evie's room to raid uh, her clothing for uh, costume material. And, um, and she feels that Mallory has lost it. So, uh, Maddie. What did you think of this scene? What do you think it means? Because Mallory is trying to use her power, but mm-hmm. she can't. So what do you think that means? Do you think it means anything? I feel like maybe she can only use it in like the presence of evil or something like that. Or in like a dangerous uh, situation? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like hell, like she doesn't even know what she's doing. So maybe she's just, she doesn't know how to control it, right? She's like a um, rainbow. Right? Um... But, I don't know, like, obviously Coco's being a bitch, as usual. Um, But, other than that, it was just kind of... I don't know, it was a little weird. It It was a weird scene, especially for, like, Evan Peters to kind of just be so, I guess, agreeing with Coco. Like, I feel like he should have been a little bit more... Um you know, curious as to what was happening. But, I don't know, I just... 
<sighs> because, you know, the ending is the way that the ending is. It's just, it raises a lot of questions, that's for sure. Yeah, that's very interesting. I've got to say, I've enjoyed Coco for the most part. I feel like she's fun in a very bitchy kind of way. But I really didn't like her in this scene. Like, I just, I, because I'm really liking Mallory, I was like all team Mallory. And Coco was just too much for me. Like, I wish that uh, Venable was there to slap her again because I was like, wow, like they, they turned Coco into a mean girl at that moment. And um, I really felt for Mallory. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, was, I think that's just the key difference is like before it was just, you know, she's a spoiled, you know, um, rich girl. But this scene or this episode actually it was like, no, she's definitely, like you said, a mean girl. Um, even, like, the scene where she was forcing Mallory to wipe her butt, like, because her yeah. nails are wet. Very much so, like, degrading. Um, so it definitely turned me a bit as well as far as my uh, my thoughts around uh, Coco. Yeah, she went from being kind of, like, a snooty yeah. comic relief to, like, really being a see you next Tuesday. Yeah. Bigly. Right, Dudley? Bigly. Yeah, don't play with my lubes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I don't even think the Greys are gonna dress up, or she said some stupid shit like that. I was like... She was very evil, evil stepsister to our poor Cinderella. Yes. Yeah. She was like both mm-hmm. of them, Drizella and uh, Anastasia. All wrapped into one evil Coco. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I like and it. then there's a whole there's a whole Apple thing too, with this Snow White. So we're mixing all of the dang Disney stuff here. Yes, look at you, <laughs> Uncle Deadly, mixing in the Muppets now too. All right, continuing on. So everyone has gathered. We have this awesome moment where uh, where Coco is um, kind of like at a ball. <laughs> Going with the Disney theme, Dudley. She's announced, and she walks in with this <laughs> Victorian garb, and everyone claps and everything, even though it was like a forced clapation. But then Mead pops up behind her and goes, boo! It's fantastic. <laughs> and everyone notices that there's this big cauldron with water and apples in it. The red delicious kind, the ones that Dudley doesn't like. And mm-hmm. everyone's like, confused and excited and uh, Andre even says you know we haven't seen fresh fruit in over 18 months and uh, Venable basically says the rules at some point everyone is going to bob for apples and we will eat them in a civilized kind of way but until then you know everyone dance and so uh, music is played baby I'ma want you and everyone starts dancing with each other and having a good time. And a masked man approaches Coco, you know, dressed up in the outfit that people wear when they go outside. And Coco's like, well, it's not Andre. I'd recognize my hairdresser. Oh, it's you, Mr. Langdon. 
And she starts talking about the sanctuary and how she feels that she should be the one to uh, persuade him on who to take to the sanctuary. And, uh, and she's like, oh, you know, I, I'm a pleaser. I'm willing to do anything. And she even says that she will do something that she didn't even do for her boyfriend. What is it, Dudley? You're going to put me on the spot, really? Analingus? There you go. <laughs> You're really going to put me on the spot with it. And I think this was the first <laughs> time on network television that they ever said an- analingus. <laughs> Can we all say it together? Yes. Madison, say it. No. Okay. <laughs> Madison had to Google that after the episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And so, so they head away to apparently start the lingusing, and uh, and uh, they they go to her room. She starts to unbuckle his pants, and and then she even has this great line. She's like, "I have a short tongue and a gag, oh my God. <laughs> and a gag <laughs> reflex." And Ugh. then the man under the mask is like, "I know, Coco," and it is Brock. And she's surprised. Eh, Thank you. She's surprised. And she's disgusted. And she says, oh, I'm happy that you're here. But obviously she isn't. And she's like, you know, I I thought about you. But then, you know, on the plane, I had to put you in the back part of my mind with everything that I love, like sushi, that I'll never be able to have ever again. And uh, Brock ends up stabbing her in the forehead, wishing her a happy Halloween, bitch, and he leaves. So, let's stop right here. Deadly, you know all about the analingus. So, talk to me about (laughs) this sequence. What did you think of... uh, Well, I know you love Brock, but what did you think of Brock and Coco together? Uh, what What did you think of this entire sequence well i've already told you i'm a little lost because i feel like two days passed where it was brock this whole time because there's no missing brock and then he's probably got radiation too because boy he obviously he does have radiation Come exactly on, that's the it. one thing that yeah. took me out of it because i didn't really think mm-hmm. of the um mm-hmm. like the time discrepancy mm-hmm. what bothered mm-hmm. me was like if if they had those sensors in the very first episode that was talking right. about, oh, there's extra radiation and that's how they killed Stu. Like, wouldn't you, wouldn't they have noticed that there was like radiation on him? And like, wouldn't exactly. the sensors have exactly. gone off? I did love his mask. It was very like eyes wide shut kind of vibe going, going there. Kinky. And, uh, it was very Tom Cruise eyes wide shut going on. And, uh, I mean, so that whole part, I like the whole Victorian theme and coming out and the apples, the bobbing. I loved bobbing for apples when I was a kid. And I don't think I've done it forever. Have you done, you guys done that for a while? What's the last no. time someone's no. bought for apples? I don't think I have time. ever had. I've never done that. It's disgusting. Germs. You guys have missed out. How sad. You can catch mono <laughs> that way, deadly. Oh, oh, can you? Oh, well. Anyway, yeah, they <laughs> probably said, don't oh, do well. it anymore. <laughs> But when the scene finally came, my problem with Brock, too, is he became... It might just be the actor, too. I'm just thrown. Like, I keep seeing him in his little street performances, like... Billy on the street. 
Yeah, Billy, and she's running, but it's Brock in the street, and it's like, hello, I'm back, bitch, and this and that, you know, just, you know, it was just, I don't know, he was just too over the top, and, and, and Miss Coco, yeah, I think this is the first episode, I just did not like her, it's like, girl, really, like, I think that's even out of her character, like, I just don't see her being an analingus kind of girl. Well, she said she's never done it before, so she, she would do it for Mr. Langdon, so she could get in. Yeah, but I don't even think she would even, that would be even in her mindset. Like, I don't even think she would know what the word is. Oh, okay. Madison, do you know what it means? Oh, my God. No, because we might have <laughs> listeners that don't know what it means, so it would be nice if you could explain it to them. So let's pretend I don't know. No, I don't know. What does that mean? Okay, it's <laughs> licking of the booty. So, wow. Oh, my God. So you just had a knowledge bomb dropped on you. So you're calm welcome. Calm down, calm down. Yeah, calm down, Maddie. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's too funny. Does anyone else have any other thoughts on Brock and Coco? Like, like without uh, discussing what happens at the end, like, were you surprised that Coco was easily taken out? Or did you care based off of how she had been acting throughout the episode? Much like Deadly. Deadly was, I think, was over Coco. I think Deadly was ready to stab Coco in the head. Yeah. I, I, I did I, not care about that. I guess my question is, what did he expect her to do? He would, did he really expect her to wait for him to get to the airport? I mean, is that his beef that, you know, she left him? Maybe it was the analingus that put oh, him over yeah. the top. <laughs> like, you wouldn't do it for me. Itch. <laughs> yeah, I don't really understand his anger. I guess from from his point of view, I'm, uh, I guess I'm trying to understand it right now. You know, he, he had been searching for her for 18 months and this, that, or the other. But it's like he has to put himself in her point of view. Right. Like she doesn't know that he's out there. Like in her mind, he turned into whatever nuclear waste you know what i'm saying like she she shouldn't have thought that he would have been out there surviving and that kind of thing like obviously she has to move on and it has been 18 months so it's been a year and a half uh, i mean you know if she's getting flirty or something with someone else because she wants to survive i, I guess he really can't blame her for that maybe in that moment he just realize that she's always been like that maybe he really finally saw like her true self versus the romanticized version that uh, he saw you know kind of like when you're when you're into someone you might overlook things and so maybe he actually saw her for who she really was and then he didn't like it so bam he does a a a scream and stabs her in the head I don't know. Oh well. Bye, Coco. Brock, I don't know where you left, but um, we don't see you again. So, continuing on. Yeah, we... There we go again. He disappears again. Like, does he have a secret hiding space? He does. You know? He dresses Jeez. up as, uh, as uh, Evie. <laughs> Jeez. Yes. So, continuing on, we have the purples and the grays bobbing for apples, and we see that the apples have been poisoned with the venom of the snakes that we saw in the previous episode. And uh, 
everyone's bobbing. They tell them, let's wait, you know, let's eat them all together. And Mead tells Venable that uh, Langdon isn't here, uh, that Coco isn't here, the Fist isn't here. Are, are, are you sure you still want to go through with this? And Venable is like, yes, you know, we will find everybody else afterwards and you will take them out with your gun, basically. And so everyone has their apples after having a great time bobbing for them. Uh, wonderful memories for Deadly, apparently. And uh, as they bite into their red delicious apples, they all start to spasm. They start to vomit. And uh, everyone dies. There's this really great shot, though, of uh, Mallory sort of like seeing the truth before she died. Like she sees that Venable and Mead haven't eaten any of the apples and they're sort of like looking over them uh, with a big smile on their faces. And so after inspecting the corpses, the duo decide to uh, sneak attack Mr. Langdon. And he initially tries to send them away saying, you know, I'm working on my choices for the sanctuary, but... uh, Venable is like, no, you know, we're making the selections right now, and you haven't made the cuts. And uh, Michael laughs, and he's like, oh, I so tried not to. But uh, he's like, you know what, I didn't think you'd have it in you, and you know what, you've passed the test. And Venable's like, I don't care. And uh, she reminds, or she she nudges Mead to shoot him, and Michael's like, "Uh uh-uh. And uh, Venable sees that Mead ends up pointing the gun away from Michael and to Venable instead and shoots her. And uh, Mead is like, you know, I I didn't do that. And Michael's like, of course you did. You know, you were programmed to do it. You were programmed to uh, do this poison apple plan. And, and uh, Mead is confused. And he's like, I don't like to get my hands dirty. You know, I mold myself after my father. You know, I allow humans to uh you know go to their darkest places and uh to uh, do whatever they need to do to survive and uh he explains because she's confused she's like you know what am i what am i doing who am i and he's like you know when i tasked the cooperative to create you you know i molded you after someone from my childhood someone very dear to me, you know, the only woman that believed in me, that cared for me, that loved me. And he says that it's time for her to know the plan. And he wants the only woman who ever loved him by his side. Armand, what did you think of this? Uh, How did you interpret this? I feel like Deadly wants to scream something right now. You can scream it right now, Deadly. (laughs) Our Constance. There you go. So, (laughs) Armand, what did you think of this? Uh, Were you surprised that, like, 80% of the cast died in this episode? And uh, what did you think of of, uh, the weird, evil, demonic machinations of Michael Langdon? I actually, so when everybody, you know, died, ate the apple and died, for some reason, I just... It's only episode three, and I refuse to believe they're dead for real. So I'm not, uh, I didn't have any, like, you know, crazy reaction to it, because I just feel like it can't be. Like, now, if I watch the next few episodes, and they're really, really, really dead, then I might 
feel a ways about it, but I just refuse to believe that Emily and Timothy are already dead. Like, I thought they were going to be the protagonist, they were going to save the day. We called them the heroes, or at least I did. So I'm still holding on to that. Um, As far as um, Michael and Mead, I I, want to ask a question, because I'm not sure if I missed this. So, did he say he created her, like he programmed her? He said that he tasked the cooperative's uh, R&D, research and development, to uh, create her in the mold of uh, the person in his life. Our lovely Jessica Lange, most likely. Okay, there you go. Deadly loves to (laughs) talk about Jessica Lange, (laughs) if you haven't noticed. Oh, I did. No, that whole part confused me, so I I think someone else should speak on that, because I'm confused. It confused me too. So okay, so deadly, explain it to them, please. Well, okay, so the co-op, whatever. So he had them kind of program the uh, our Rosie the robot to eventually just to more or less deal with him. I mean, he was the the, the ultimate boss of her, right? That's what that's what I was getting on the whole thing, and they modeled it modeled uh, Rosie after. Uh, or Mead after after uh, the one person who truly loved him when he was younger and 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 the one that most you know loved him the most was Constance Langdon or Jessica Lang our beautiful Jessica Lang so I'm guessing you know ultimately you know she's gonna do whatever ever he asked to do so that that was his his what, what's that when you have like the, your that secret, the Joker's card or something, the little secret card. The Trump card? The Trump card. It all comes back to Trump. I know, right? So (laughs) here's my only thing that bugged me after that, because I was like, okay, that makes sense to me. But, so were those memories programmed, or were those memories memories that Constance had? I was very confused, because obviously Constance was not... A, a secret agent, at least that we know of. Like, wasn't she, if I'm not mistaken, she was like a failed actress, right? Mm, she was. Hmm. So that was the only thing that kind of bugged me. But then again, I mean, she's a robot, so she doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. have to have all of Constance's memories. I mean, she just needed exactly. basically memories, period. So that mm-hmm. she isn't questioning that she's a robot. So she could think that she's human. So maybe I just answered my own question, but... um. It did bug me for a second after I watched it, because I was like, so I guess those memories are fake, but the memories of um, the boy and taking care of the boy, that's sort of like the constants in her. What I'm kind Mm -hmm. of curious is, uh, is she just programmed to be sort of loving like constants, or is, like, through some sort of... um, demonic satanic uh, hoodoo voodoo thingamajig does she actually have some of constance's memories you know what i'm saying because he's the antichrist so he could do anything basically you know i mean he's got infinite power you know mm-hmm. hmm. so do we think maybe the robot eventually is going to turn into constance is that what you're thinking no but um, <laughs> that's what you would like. But um, transformer. Oh my god, she turns into a transformer. That would be uh, amazing. But uh, I mean, it's just an interesting 
concept or an interesting thought, sort of, like, nonetheless. Um, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. Now, I do have a confession to make, and it's not my own confession, so I'm going to be telling on somebody. But the funny thing is... As what did I do? I know. She knows that it's her. Uh, the funny thing is, is that I could so do this as a thing to just pick on her, uh, just to pick on her. But oh oh okay, I'm gonna be quiet now. I know what I did. Yes, <laughs> but the funny thing is, as I've mentioned before, I always love to look at the comment section under recaps on various websites. In particular, I look at TV Line, I look at Spoiler TV, I look at EntertainmentWeekly.com, <laughs> and I always like to read the comments because I feel like in the comments you kind of get a good. Uh, um, sort of like gauge on like what the average viewer is thinking. Well, actually, it's sort of like a mixed bag. You get a you get the get a taste of what the average viewer, as well as like what hardcore fans are thinking. And there were several comments that were like, "Oh, so he's the child from Murder House," and I'm like thinking to myself, like, how do not know this from like the first episode and i'm not even like an obsessive american horror story person like i haven't seen murder house since it premiered to be quite honest like i had tried to like see it i was gonna marathon murder house and coven before the first episode of apocalypse but i didn't i didn't get the chance to do it and i still knew who the fuck michael langdon was and then all of a sudden a certain co-host uh, messaged me. She was like, "Oh, so he's the child." And I'm like, "Didn't we talk?" No, about- like I, I knew, like I knew that he was the Antichrist and and all this stuff. Like I knew that, but she's trying to. But, no, 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 no. Because when I when I put, I was looking at something and it said um, Tate Langdon, and I was like. Oh, Langdon. I'm like, why didn't I figure this out sooner? Because when they introduced him, he said, I'm Michael Langdon. I don't know why I didn't clue in earlier. Like, I clued in, like, later in the episode that, oh, he's probably the Antichrist. I didn't clue in earlier when I heard Langdon. (laughs) Like, I didn't put the two last names together. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. Like, I'm such an idiot that I didn't figure that out sooner. But... I did so, figure it out. So I feel kind of mad at you, Maddie, because that means you mm-hmm. weren't listening to me because I constantly was talking about Constance Langdon. I know, but I just, my head, just, my, mm-hmm. my brain didn't put two and two together. She doesn't listen to you, Dudley. She doesn't. I do! <laughs> my God. That's so funny. But yeah, I'm like, a lot of people really didn't catch that. Uh, I just think it's interesting, nonetheless. Uh, it was just, it's fascinating to, like, read what people, I guess, don't really catch on. Now, something that we did not catch, I don't feel like we did because none of us brought it up, and it's something that I learned uh, within the past couple days. Apparently, when Michael shows his uh, ID at the very tail end of the first episode, mm-hmm. I, I guess there is like a serial number on it, or maybe an ID number. The ID number is six six six. That's hilarious. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. So, um, so there's that. So, all right. Any other thoughts on Langdon, Mead, Venable, and uh, the cast dying? 
No one else was yeah. shocked? Like, really? No. Like, Armand, I just knew, like, something's going to happen. It's too early. We're on the third episode. I mean... You think so? I just so? didn't expect everyone to die. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But I guess it's, like, because we're dealing with two shows being smashed together, I guess, mm-hmm. like, we would have to kill half of the cast off in order to get the, the other actors and actresses playing <laughs> the same one playing the next part right? <laughs> right exactly that's so funny exactly just like i know our joan collins is coming back because i follow her on instagram and she's constantly putting pictures of her in a white wig on the set so i'm like oh thanks for letting me know you're back yeah she did ruin the surprise she mentioned in an interview actually that she's playing i don't know if she said multiple characters or it might have mm. been multiple and that could mean two mm. Uh, mm-hmm. So there is that. Um, I don't know. I was genuinely surprised. Like I didn't expect this, and I feel like the majority of the people are dead, which um, will be interesting. Um, I guess we're gonna have to wait and see because Jeffrey. Uh, mm-hmm. What about the heroes? Though? How are the heroes are gonna come back? I, just I know. I feel like those mm-hmm. heroes are dead. I feel like they were red mm-hmm. herring. But mm-hmm. the whole talk about them having the perfect DNA, though. And the fact that it was brought up kind of again, or at least Langdon alluded to it, I wonder if that means anything important for our people that okay. show up at can, the end. Can I tell you something? Yes. The same friend who told me about Rosie Robot said, was there, was our Langdon a twin? Langdon was a twin, yes. But the, the twin died, and we saw the twin's ghost in... Um, in, in Murder House, when, remember, everybody, all of the Harmons died, uh, in the very last episode, we saw Mama Harmon uh, cradling the dead baby. What, that, yeah, maybe the baby's not dead? Or, I'm thinking, like, what if the, the baby gets the baby reincarnated? Could be our hero. Yeah, it could be the hero. Oh, the baby could be the hero. The male hero. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I don't know. I'm just throwing things. No, like that's that. interesting. I like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like it. I guess we're going to have to wait and see. So uh, let's continue on since no one else was as shocked as I was that everybody died. Um, so I just said I was. Oh, okay. Thank you, Maddie. Yes, sure. You don't listen to me either. I get it. I oh, get my it. gosh. Maddie, we love you. Mm-hmm. Speaking <laughs> of Maddie, so the music has been that's been playing over the uh the radio has been that baby i'm a launcher and then the radio changes channels i guess and that we hear she's a rainbow and we see three women uh (laughs) enter the gates of the outpost and there's all this smoke and they're wearing cloaks and they've got the best hair and makeup that you could ever get in the apocalypse and it is our friends, our Covenites, Cordelia, Myrtle, and Madison. And uh, the three enter the outpost, the fire um, lights, and uh, Cordelia tells her sisters to go find their sisters. And we see that they bring Mallory, Dinah, and Coco. And uh, we see Cordelia do, see, I didn't watch Coven again, so now I don't know exactly what it's called, but it's the, the, um, the revision spell where, where you can revive someone. Remember, it's like you, you like breathe life into them uh, and that kind of thing. And everyone revives. Coco 
you know, she had the stab in her forehead that heals up. Mallory is now able to see without her glasses. She takes her glasses off and Madison approaches Mallory, bends down and says, surprise, bitch. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. What does this mean? What is happening? There's a theory online where some people are saying that... uh, Remember, Deadly, in the previous podcast, I made a reference to that maybe the witches had turned themselves into snakes and they burrowed into the ground and and that kind of thing, and that's how they survived. Well, there's Mm -hmm. a theory online that's kind of similar to that. There's a theory that says that maybe the witches entered people's bodies and that's how they survived. I really don't know how that would work, but uh, there's a theory, especially with Mallory saying that she feels like there's someone in there trying to claw their way out, that maybe one of the witches is inside of her. Is it Queenie? I think Queenie is inside of her. Well, someone was saying Zoe is inside of her. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see if this is even true. But that's a theory that's going on online. Or are these just witches? I mean, we did have that little witchy conversation with Dinah at the very start of the episode that maybe alluded to the fact that she could be a witch. What do we think is going on? Are these three witches? Did they just not know that they were witches? What's happening? Um, Maddie, since you are our Satanist, my God. You have all these books Here on the occult. Go. You have all these books on the occult. I'm <laughs> sure maybe you've been researching late at night via your Ouija board on mm-hmm. what is going on. Maybe you've been communing with Satan. We don't know. What do you think is going on? Do you think they're witches? Do you think it's our witches inside those bodies? What do you think is happening? What is your theory on what's to come? Not what's to come. What do you, what's your theory on what happened? And... Were you excited to see the three witch bitches again? Uh, Of course. Madison is like my spirit animal. Yeah, you were named after her. I know. No. Um, I am super pumped that the witches are back because Coven was one of probably the best seasons, I think. Um, And I I don't know. It's the fact that uh, they revived coco excuse me and it's funny because like while i'm watching the episode i go on twitter and and i follow the hashtag apocalypse and i see what people are tweeting and everyone's like why did you have to revive her out of everyone you had to revive coco so that was pretty funny seeing that nobody wanted her back um but i don't know like i feel like it's a little far-fetched for me at least to think that um, our past witches are in these people now, um, or reincarnation or something like that. Like, I don't really like that idea, and I hope that's not where it's going, but that's just my opinion. Um, but I'm just, I'm super pumped that our witches are back and are ready to fight, I guess. So, yeah. I like it. Something that I just thought of, speaking of our heroes, as we did a couple minutes ago, Timmy did have that little moment of supernaturalness after he got out of the shower. That has to mean something. The whole 666 and beware. Remember, it didn't freak Armand out. Um, so that has to mean something. So I hope that our heroes are somehow alive. Even though I doubt it. But anyway, 
opening up the floor to the witches. Well, not that y'all are witches, but I mean to talk about the witches. And what do you <laughs> think it means? Deadly. What does it mean? It just means I'm super excited for episode four because uh, that means Queenie's, Queenie's coming back. And I, I love me some Queenie. And uh, Lily. Who did Lily Raven play? Misty? She played Misty. Misty Day. Misty Day, yeah. I'm, she should be back too, right? She's coming, maybe. If they She's can get her out of hell. <laughs> they brought Myrtle back and she burst into flames. And well, she didn't flames. burst into flames, but yeah. she got burnt. I love that whole thing. I'm kind of with uh, everyone on Twitter, just like Maddie said. I'm like Coco. That is just a little bit beyond me. That's why your whole theory, maybe the witches are inside the bodies. Because Coco didn't even, I don't know. She's just so out there. Like, Could you imagine if Queenie so, is inside of Coco? Well, yeah. Well, she's so disconnected, Coco is, that, I mean, you know, that to not even know that she'd have some powers, it just seems beyond, you know. You know, beyond. I just don't see that happening. Definitely beyond. Because, I mean, yeah. So that theory, I don't, could kind of ring true. Because you would think that Coco would know if she was a witch. Well, yeah. It's like you would think, well, maybe not Mallory. Like, I could Mm -hmm. see them going the route of, like, they didn't know. You know, because I'm trying to Mm -hmm. remember. See, this is why I should have seen coming uh, before we started this whole season. Because I'm trying to remember, like, did they know? Because, like, we saw coming through the eyes of Zoe, right? And it was Zoe. She had a power. Something happened, right? And that's why she was sent to that school. So maybe she didn't know that she was a witch. So I guess I could kind of buy that Mallory didn't know that she was a witch. Uh, that kind of means that I guess I have to buy that Coco didn't know that she was a witch. But I don't really... After this episode, I'm not really all that happy with Coco. So I don't really know if I want her to be a witch. I'm like, couldn't they have picked... Who was another female? If it had to be a female witch, who who, who was another female that was there that died? Oh, Emily. Let her be a witch, damn it. Our hero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Armand, what did you think of the ending? What do you think it means? Uh, what's going on with these witches? And uh, what do you think is going on with these these three in particular that they revived? And I know that you kind of wanted to go into maybe Dinah talking about her. Uh, what's going on here? Well, I feel like I don't know it anymore. Because um, you all have mentioned some great theories. And so now I'm kind of like... I'm just not sure anymore. Um, I am excited to see all the other witches come back um, the rest of the season. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to see how all this plays out. I still don't believe everybody's dead. I just I can't I refuse to believe that. Is it because um, of the beware? I, I think part of it is because of the beware. I also think they spent a good chunk of time doing character development in the beginning. Why wait for that time for you to die in the third episode? You know? So we'll we'll see on that. Um, I'm actually like deadly. I'm ready to hopefully see Jessica Lang soon. And if I can hear Myrtle Snow yell Balenciaga one last time, I would just it would just make my night. I mean that yes. was an like, iconic scene. Did you call um, him Bentley? No, I said when Myrtle Snow yelled Balenciaga. No, on the- I mean deadly. Yeah. It sounded like you called him Bentley. So it oh, just no. it made no. me laugh in my head. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, That's your new nickname, yeah, nickname no, Deadly. I, I, I can't even really predict anymore. I'm just like gonna just 
have an open mind and see what happens. Okay, I like it. Anything else to add, Bentley? I would never disrespect them. No, I heard Armand say <laughs> deadly, but no, nothing else except for um, no, nothing else. Deadly, you like a rainbow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. You're rainbow both, bright. <laughs> rainbow bright. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Rainbow Bright. What happened to you? She died. <laughs> An asteroid <laughs> hit her. Uh, Madison is like, who the fuck is Rainbow Bright? I don't even <laughs> want to know anymore. She was a greeting card character that turned into a cartoon. Armand, do you remember Rainbow Bright? No, I think that's a little bit above my... um. I know your age, so it really is not. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> oh... Say yes. He should know Rainbow Bright. He's acting dumb. He's like, I want to be young, like Maddie. <laughs> oh, this is too funny. All right, so uh, enough talk about rainbows and Rainbow Bright. Now it is time, well, to shine a rainbow on our MVP, the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. And if someone has already mentioned the character that you were going to choose... You must select a different one. And uh, since I picked on him, Armand, you may go first. Who's your MVP and why? I'm going to go with Mallory. Um, Just to see her transition from being powerless and being mistreated to now we know that she has some power. I'm excited to see what's in store for Mallory. So she's my MVP. She's got the power. All right, nobody wanted to sing with me. Fine. Maddie, who's your MVP and why? Ugh, this is hard. I think, I forget her name, though. <laughs> D- Diana? Dinah? Dinah. Dinah. Right, that one. Down. I guess it gets so confusing when, like, now that they play different characters and stuff. Um, anyways, she is my MVP because I feel like through this whole thing, she has been keeping secret of who she actually is, and, um, I just think that doing that is, is really, really smart, um, especially if she wants to get where she wants to go, and I'm super excited to see what she's going to be, um, in the next episode since we figured out that she might be a true witch and hopefully powerful one at that, so... She's my MVP. I like it. So are you saying Dinah's like a rainbow? <laughs> yes, sure. Sure, sure. It's a good song. I'm just saying. Deadly. You may go next. Well, this is bizarre. I'm just going to go with our freak show food blogger. What is her name? The Fist? Her name is Amazon Eve, okay? No, that, no that's what she was on freak show. <laughs> No, that's like her actual name. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that is her actual name. Yeah, but it was also her yeah. character's name on Freak Show, right? Okay, so I'm going with Amazon oh. Eve just because <laughs> because she disappeared. I mean, she went out there to do the dirty work, and Brock killed her. And then we, no one even cared that she wasn't around to be at the big masquerade party. No one mentioned her again. So she's my MVP for for just being there. That's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> Someone has to give her love. Someone has to give her love. Yeah. 
just to clear things up, her name on Freak Show was Amazon Eve, and her professional name is also Amazon Eve. So, and her, and on her name, the, her name on, on, on this show? show is The Fist. The Fist? Yeah. Oh, well, oh, you know. Okay. <laughs> Analingus. <laughs> you gotta have a fist to, somewhere. It will lead to that, yes. Well, there you go. All right. <laughs> I can't. I'm not touching that, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moving right along, my MVP, I am going to give it to our girl, Ms. Mead. I really like what Kathy Bates did in this episode. I love seeing her be very torn as far as who she is, what am I, who am I. I liked her, um, like the emotion and the gravi- gravitas that she brought in her scene with Venable at the beginning, you know, when she goes over her life. And I love the narration because you could tell sort of like the confusion and the pain in her voice. I thought Kathy did a really great job with that. And then sort of like the sinisterness that she brought uh, with the plan. And then once again, like the confusion and the disorientation that she brought when um, she killed uh, Venable and um, she was questioning Langdon about it. It was good. So, now it is time to rate the episode. How would you rate this episode on a scale of 1 to 10 demon babies? The point system is allowed, and if you found the episode exceptional, deserving of more than a 10, you may grant it the coveted demon's head. Now, you can give some head if you want, Deadly, so you can begin. (laughs) Great. Uh, You know, the first two I said were just excellent, and this one was the weakest, and and maybe just because it was like a show kind of you know, trying to get into the next part and introduce our witches. But I'm going to have to give it a seven. And uh, basically because it just was all over the place and there was just a, a, very, a lot of confusion going on, uh, the fist disappearing, uh, you know, the radiation man showing up, Brock, and just disappearing, the whole Apple thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It was just too much going on and just left me with more, questions than answers but maybe that was the whole point of it to like get us to the next point but a seven maddie fitz wow um hmm. i was actually gonna give it an eight. <laughs> Ooh. i know so odd of me um i don't know i just i felt like i really liked the episode i thought it was exciting like I said, the beginning of the episode I didn't like, um, but I'm very excited about where this uh, season is going. And I just, like I said, I hope that certain things aren't the way that they're looking to be. Um, and if it does, it might be a little disappointing for me, but I just I just hope it doesn't get too confusing. You know what I mean? Um, you want to keep it simple. You want to keep, you know, have cliffhangers and stuff, but... Um, it gets really hard when you're going to mash two seasons together, right? So hopefully uh, they can do a good job of it. All right, so we've got a seven. We've got an eight. Deadly, you're no longer like a rainbow. Maddie, you're like a rainbow. You're welcome. She'll take it. I know, I'm so colorful. (laughs) Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> Armand, how would you rate this episode, and why? I'm going to give it a solid 7.5. Oh, um, okay. It was, like Deadly said, a, like a transitional episode, so a lot of matters were left uncertain. Um, and like Madison said, when you're mashing two seasons, um, it's a lot to remember. So, you know, uh, Murder House was so long ago, and so trying to remember that season plus Coven and um, trying to figure things out is a bit confusing. And I also think that there were some places in this episode where things did move fast. However, I think there were some moments that were uh, exciting and mo moments that um, gave me more curiosity. And so for that, I, I give it a 7.5. Very interesting. So we've got seven, seven and a half, eight, and I guess I'll continue the upward trajectory and I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I thought it was a really good episode. I was shook because I genuinely did not expect anything that happened in the episode. Like the witches arrived at the very end. As I keep on saying, and I find it hilarious, like 80% of our cast is dead. Like, yeah, like 80%. So that is kind of boggling of my mind. I loved all of the stuff with Mead and the reveal that I guess she's based off of Constance. I thought that was a nice little thread, connecting thread from this season back to season one. And uh, once again, I'll say 80% of our cast is dead dead and apparently three of them have been witches all along so uh, all of those reveals were exciting and, and to be quite honest I mean even though it was kind of like a, a teeny tiny little thing based off of everything else that happened but the fact that Coco died and she died in such a weird kind of way being stabbed in the head from Brock that surprised me as well because I was like okay so she's dead like I was very confused when that happened and then everyone else died, and I was like, okay, so I guess they're killing everybody. And then Venable died, and I'm like, okay, I guess they really are killing everybody. It was very good. So I'm going to give it an eight and a half. So on that note, join us next time for a brand new installment of Are You Afraid Apocalypse? Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash PCR. Are you afraid? Follow us on Tumblr, are you afraid? Dash. A H S dot Tumblr dot com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio dot com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting GoFundMe dot com slash poppy chula radio are you interested in joining the poppy chula radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor email talent at poppy radio.com binge listen to your favorite poppy chula radio programs by visiting poppy radio.com slash archives you can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through apple podcasts and google play just search for are you afraid apocalypse and subscribe Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, everyone. 
Ain't no Tonight, like you next week. Ain't no like this. What? Deadly? <laughs> I said analingus. Good night. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Are You Afraid Apocalypse every Friday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Papi Chulo Radio Archives. Good night.